Good afternoon. You are listening to the Recovery Hour Talk Radio Show that is being brought to you by the Rockdale County Stepping Up Initiative. You can continue listening to us on the Cat 10 ENT Network by downloading the His Hop Radio app. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Recovery Hour. Once again, this is Bill and Tanisha, and do we have a treat for y'all today? I know I say it every time, but I haven't lied yet, so that's something new in my career. I'm not lying. So anyway, with that being said, before we get off to the cosmos, Tanisha, you want to say hi to all the people out there in Radio Land? Absolutely, I do. Good afternoon, everyone. I am excited, of course, to be back with you all another week, and I'm excited to have another partner here on the recovery hour to share, you know, resources and revelations and just be another symbol of hope for us this week. Well, thank you very much. And I would be remiss if we got off to the cosmos without me first thanking our sponsors. Shout out to the Stepping Up Initiative, which is a national initiative that has been adopted here in Rockdale County. The purpose of which is to reduce the number of people in jails they have mental health, substance use disorders, and they look like us on the inside or the outside. Anyway, also, I would like to shout out to Commissioner Doreen Williams, who is the tip of the spear. Without her guidance and, and without her commitment and dedication to service for people who are underserved, we probably wouldn't be here doing this like this. Uh, I'd also like to shout out to Hurricane Maine and Category 10 Entertainment because that's the platform that we're on that connects us to the His Hop Network, that connects us to the nation, that connects us even to the people in Germany. Shout out to the German dudes, right? And, and with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into what we got going on here today. Today, like I said, we have a treat. For those of y'all that don't know what Phoenix Pass is, we're getting ready to find out. And for all of y'all that don't know who the executive director of that is, well, I'm getting ready to hook, give you the hook up right <laughs> now. So could you please introduce yourself, ma'am, and tell people who you are? So my name is Arvinette Gilbo, and I'm the executive director of Phoenix Pass. And thank you very much for having me on your show so we can share about more about who we are. And so Phoenix Pass has been around for about 11 years now, and we served over 400 families. The thing with Phoenix Pass, it's a small program, but it does really big things within the community. And so one of the things that we like to think about, how we think about it is we bring the women in to take down the swelling, that they're able to really see their situation without all the uh, pain and the trauma. And so we are uh, transitional housing for women and children. You have to have custody of your children. And they get to live here for two years, rent-free, utilities-free. Now, it is a program. And so the first and third Tuesdays of every month from 7 to 8.30, they must attend classes. It's not an option. You have to attend those classes. Those classes are life skill classes. They range from financial literacy to household management, parenting, nutrition. We have a youth empowerment program that we all the kids must attend and they get the same exact thing as the mothers. 
except for it's less intensive and it's geared more towards the youth. And so they also have to have case management. It's a little bit more flexible, but it is mandatory. They have to save 30% of their income. The other 70% is for them to just kind of rest in and so that they don't have to break into their savings when emergencies come. And that, so they it has to be drug free. They can come from a history, uh, as long as they're coming from a recovery center and as long as we can vouch, they can vouch for that and they have proof of that, uh, they have to be at least six months clean. And then they have to agree to continue to receive resources from the community, have a sponsor. And so no matter what that addiction is, they uh, we just need to make sure that they have a support group. Wow, that is really good stuff. So what I would like to do is I would like for us to go, and that was really super information. And we want you to know, and we've been doing this for a while, and we've had a lot of really super smart people like you on, and we are already prepared because we know that when we ask y'all a question, y'all are going to answer all the questions that we're going to ask for the rest of the day when we ask you the first oh, But anyway, oh. <laughs> but that's why you are so successful because you've got answers, and those are answers that people need to hear. But what I would yeah. like to do now, I would like to go back. I would like to go back in time. I would like okay. to take our, our, our listeners back with us in time. And, and I'm going to ask you a couple questions because I had the opportunity to sit down with you and have a conversation. And I just, I guess to surmise it, I would say I will never be the same, right? And, and that's okay. a positive thing. Let me ask you a question. When you were, we're going back a little ways, and, and but when you were a little girl, mm-hmm. What did you want to be when you grew up? A child psychologist. <laughs> exactly. 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 And how old were you when you came up with that? Around 16, 17. Okay. Yeah. And, and so that is so incredible. We ask all of our guests that. And uh, we've had everything arranged from the first female football player to... Okay. We have one gentleman that wanted to be James Cagney when he grew up, right? And so, (laughs) and we all still ended up here. So that is really great. So let me ask you a question. What was the genesis of Phoenix Pass? Where did that come from? Give us some background. How did that come into fruition? It's a great question. There is a group of people, I call them do-gooders. And they really had the heart to just uh, help single moms in the community. And so the Beach Foundation... Rockdale Emergency Relief and First uh, Baptist here in Conyers got together and said, you know, we need to solve this problem. They united with a couple of other major agencies, the Bon Jovi Foundation, Homemade Atlanta, and they just started. They started, and it was it's a beautiful story, actually. A lot of the don- a lot of the property was donated, a lot of the supplies donated. Of course, there's a capital campaign involved. Um, a kid from Georgia Tech came up with a logo and the ashes, the phoenix, it rises from its own ashes, which to me is like the truth. You know, to be able to rise from your own ashes, that's just incredible. And that's what we're about here at Phoenix Pass is just helping the women to become more empowered. It's never that they lost their wings or they've never had them. It's just that they may have been a little tattered, a little weathered because of the storms they've gone through. But, but moving from that, these people got together and they just said, you know, we're going to build it debt-free. And that's exactly what happened. They partnered mm. with Homemade Atlanta, had a capital campaign. They raised the grassroots level. 
their portion and homemade Atlanta came in with the rest. And from there, Phoenix Pass was born. Wow, that is so incredible. And, A two-year project came into fruition in 2008 and came into fruition, uh, opened its doors in 2010. Wow, wow, that is such an incredible deal. Let me ask you a question about how many people have you served thus far? Over a thousand people, but 400 families. Because as you know, the women come in, they could have four children. We've had women that had five children. Right. And so right. that came into the program. So it really depends on the children. And, and so you guys provide pretty much or, or connect them with support that meets all of those physical and hierarchical needs that they have. Wow, that is so incredible. That is so, so awesome. So to give you a visual of the property, we have two apartment buildings. One apartment building, a building one has eight units, building two has eight units. And in the middle of those two buildings, there's a huge lighthouse and that's the administrative building because we are on a property called Lighthouse Village. Mm. Lighthouse wow. Village has Haven House. They're getting ready to have another project to come up and it's just a, a beautiful, it's called Soaring Heights. The new project is, uh, the new project is gonna be called Soaring Heights. And they're all unique in the way we serve. Phoenix Pass in particular, uh, what we do is of course, house the women, free rent for utilities. Everything that we do here, everything that we do has to do with the women. Uh, we have one unit that's dedicated to a law enforcement officer. And so they get to live here and so and watch over the women in a way that we wouldn't be able to when we're not here. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is so incredible. <laughs> and, and so I guess I wanted to ask you, so what are some of the successes that you've seen since you've been doing this? Awesome question. So we have a 77% success rate. Mm. Okay. Success looks different on every mom. We absolutely don't judge why they, why they get here, how, whatever the reason is. What we do is we look at them while they're in the program. We assess everything they, they do, every movement that they do, because they have to have a full-time job. It's not a question. You can't do part-time because you won't need part-time when you get out there on your own. You'll need full-time. And so the successes have been from a lady who was addicted to lottery tickets and saved $25,000. Because mm. remember, they have to save 30% of their income. They're mm -hmm. also not allowed to spend their income tax check unless they're getting rid of barriers to housing. Mm. The barriers to housing are gonna be old evictions, old utilities. And then we start working on their credit. And so we have them to, they are the, by the way, I say we, but they're the ones who's doing all the work. We're walking alongside them because they could say no, mm -hmm. right? But they, they agree to this. They agree to allow us to get inside their family. How are the kids doing? What are their grades like? So that's considered success because when a child is stably housed, they're able to function better, mm -hmm. okay? And so same for the mom, but the kids in particular. And so there, so when we see that the whole family unit is doing well, and that could be learning how to parent better. We got moms who come in, they're afraid, they're scared, the kids are scared, everybody's uncertain. And so when we bring those in, we have overweight, someone's overweight, we have nutrition classes. Mm -hmm. So at the end of it, the success, we have graduation. And it just looks different on every family. 
This family may have learned, they may have never had a credit issue, but they didn't have credit. So they learned wealth building. We may have a family who was always in defects, but because of stabilization for housing and just a lifestyle, they're able to you know, get out of defects custody. That's a, that's a goal. So they cover those individual service plans within case management. And so that's how they're able to, they're able to see their own progress and that encourages them. Mm-hmm. And so we allow, they have to know that they're the ones doing it. It's not even, it's not a humble statement saying that, oh, you know, they do the work. They literally are doing the work. So that wow. when they graduate, they're able to articulate their own experience. They're able to tell their own narrative and it's flawless because it's theirs. Wow, that is really good. And so how many staff do you have? We have two staff and four consistent volunteers. Okay. And and what does a what does a day look like? And I know I heard you say that for each and every person it would kind of look different. Everybody has to have stable employment. How long do they have before they have to have that employment? So that's a very good question also because we're, we go in very hard in the beginning because remember, that's one of the requirements. Okay. So most women come in with a job, but if they don't, you have a week to show us that you've been looking, which means you're showing us all your emails of all the people that you've applied to, okay? And so then you have another week to interview. So you have about a month to get a job. Okay. If you have not secured a job and working on that job, you get a write-up. You get three write-ups the entire time, the entire two years, and they don't have to be related to one another, the write-ups. And so um, if you haven't found a job within that month, you get written up. Generally, we don't have to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, because we work with community partners, we ask them if they're hiring, we work with different employment agencies. And so generally, but it, but there has been times when it's gotten past that point. Okay. And, and so I, I guess that's what my next question was. Do, do you have relationships? And I know that we were up the road. I was uh, working in Savannah with Gateway. And we opened up a clubhouse program and part of that is has an employment component. And I know that we had different concepts that we developed with community partners or employers that supported people. Also here with the Stepping Up Initiative, we have relationships with Piedmont College where we yes. send people to the college and they do that course for electrical maintenance or for welding or whatever. And then those employers come understanding that these people have had prior challenges. Mm -hmm. But in your program, a person couldn't come in. They need to just have, go get that job. So they Mm -hmm. not school. They need to get that job. Is that correct? That's correct. If it's a school that's paying them, because we're, again, we're trying to empower, not take away power. Okay. So if it's if it's a really good partnership and the school is paying them, that's something different. Okay. Um, and by the way, here you don't you can have a criminal record. It just okay. can't be a violent felony and it can't be a, a felony against children, anything against children. Okay. Okay. Um, but as far as the employment, we work with different agencies and we let them know, you know, what's what's going on with that person. Okay. Um, we don't always recommend a mom if we see that she's having challenges keeping a job. 
that too can become an issue. And so if you're just hop job hopping and it's not about, it's not even about the money, you just don't like the way you're being treated, that's a whole nother issue that we have to cover. Okay. And so we have people who come in and talk about uh, employment, employment specialists that talk about what people are looking for today, because it's a whole new world today. So yes. And so we talk about you can't wear your slippers to an interview. You can't even wear your slippers to go fill out a sheet of paper because people are looking at you. And That's it has right. been plenty of, if you listen just in general stories, if you're talking about observational research, just general stories of people say, yeah, I was out working. This guy saw me doing what I was doing and he hired me on the spot because they like what they saw. And I tell the women that is the hope of Christ. That's the hope of everything that we do, that people recognize your talents. Yes. So you want to, how you show up in the world makes, makes all the world a difference. So. It is our extreme pleasure to have such strong community partners, such as Viewpoint Health, to join us in our journey to recovering individuals as well as systems and procedures. Viewpoint Health offers an array of services and resources for individuals with mental health challenges, substance use challenges, as well as intellectual and developmental disabilities. To connect with them, please visit their website at www.myviewpointhealth.org or you can call 678-209-2411. And so I want to ask you another question. What would you say are three things that are foundational to your mission statement? One of the main things is empowering. You don't give people power. You they have to they have to work for it so they know it's theirs. Yes. Okay. And so self-sufficiency. You know, when you gain that self-sufficiency, you are empowered automatically. As I, as I tell people, whenever you get anything under your belt, any training, any education, anything you get up under your belt, it automatically catapults you to another area, a whole different space. And so that learning how to use your voice to say what you want. You have to, your voice matters the most. And so many times voices have not been, they've been snatched or they never learn how to use that vocal cord, but your voice is your ticket. How you show up in the world matters. So those are the three things that are, we really focus on. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's incredible. And so let me ask you a question. How do you guys navigate the transportation barriers? What do you Ooh, do yeah. to help people navigate those transportation? So we all know it's going to be transportation and childcare, right? And so, or economic low, low wages. But a lot of times the women are very creative. They have family members. However, we reach out to the community and ask, well, we have a young lady right now that's not able to drive because of drug abuse and some other things going on, but we have got, she has so much wraparound service help. Mm -hmm. And so in those cases, we'll sometimes take them. We'll use the community, we'll use Uber or Lyft. We get creative. We try to find those type of resources that that's not going to put them behind. Cause again, they have to work. Right. So another thing is what they'll sometimes do if they don't have a car, they'll get a job like at Publix walking distance where they're able to walk. And okay. the reason why we know these, Bill, is because we, and, and Tanisha, is because we've been around for 11 years. And so we know 
that those things are going to be, you know, something that we're going to just have to face. Okay. And, and so I want to ask you another question in, in kind of a segue from what you just said, having been around for 11 years and, and I've been in this field for a little while myself, and I've identified some things that are almost traditional to failure, you know, things mm -hmm. that kind of consistently appear and facilitate failure for people. One of those things being trauma, yes. past trauma and, and just uh, lack of, and you kind of talked about how do people appear in their own story uh, mm -hmm. and not, not having the insight to see myself and some other things. But what did, what have you seen in the field of, of what you're doing that is historical for people failing to be successful? And I heard you say that employment is a very big deal. So what are some of the things that you see that make people fail in those in your area? Self-sabotage. Okay. That's the bottom line. It's going to be self-sabotage. They fear doing well. You know, I had a class, um, talk, it was joy and chaos. Because a lot of times when people are experiencing joy, they're so used to experiencing chaos that they don't recognize the joy. They don't understand why things are going so well. They don't understand why they're, they're not feeling anxious. They, I mean, it really can be very confusing to someone who doesn't understand, who's always lived a very chaotic life. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I'm like, I think what you might be experiencing is joy. How can I be experiencing joy? Because I think that's what you're experiencing. And you start going down, the, the, your, your bills are getting paid on time. You're getting good accolades at work. You know, your things are going pretty well for you. And you don't understand that because you used to, you, there's always got to be a monkey wrench in your opinion thrown into it. And so I think that the, the biggest barrier is going to be their own mind and their own idea of what success looks like and then comparing it to somebody else's. And so we talk about don't burn your bridges. Don't look at somebody else's situation and think that you can either achieve it or you think you should have it. All those things can mess with a, piece of, a person's mind. So we just we really focus in on the classes with that. Wow. Yes. Uh, and, and so what type of trainings, do, and, and so we do a lot of work with housing providers and, and okay. provide peer support and, and just a lot of different things for a lot of different housing providers. What are some of the specific trainings that you make sure your staff have, or some of the things that you would say to housing providers who are partnering with people who are seeking recovery and seeking lives of whole health and wellness, what are some of the things that you've identified that other housing providers might want to incorporate into their milieu? It's a really good question. Um, I believe one of the things is, I, the reason why the women could be so successful is they're stable for two years. They know where they're coming for two years. And it's nothing wrong with having the overnight shelters, and the 60-day shelters, I mean, those are necessary, hands down. But it's good to have transitional because we're able to just kind of watch. We learn the women. They have to attend classes. We're not getting funding where we could say they don't have to attend classes. You got some family violence uh, shelters that they can't really recommend or they can recommend, but they can't make it mandatory because they're getting certain fundings. And so we are grassroots. Uh, we do get fundings um, from different agencies. 
However, we're not bound to, the, to those same rules. We're self-contained in that way. And so when we're able to say, you have to attend these classes, I'm telling you, those classes make the world a difference. Even let's just say they're here for two years. The first three classes, because it takes um, it takes the women about 90 days to get acclimated to the program. Yes. Okay. And it takes us to get 90, 90 days to get used to them as well. And so let's just say in those first three months, they're sleeping in the classes. That doesn't happen because we wake them up. But let's just say <laughs> that's happening, right? Two years. I I have all I'm a, I came to Phoenix Pass six months after it opened. I just believe that one day with us gives them some information. They're not leaving here without some information. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, yes. So so for those times, you know, you just have to trust that you you it's only going to be as good as the staff who's working the program. And so that's why my the way I love on the women is really tough love. It's not it's not something that's like, oh yeah, baby, you know, it, you know I'm not that kind of mom. You know, mm -hmm. I'm listen. If you don't get this together, these are going to be repercussions. This is it's going to be harder for you. Believe me, this is easy stuff. Mm -hmm. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not right. It's like it's like because it's not fair. It's not fair to yeah. not hold people accountable. Because life holds us accountable. Yes. It really does. And, and to have a false sense of security or be delusional about the way that works will definitely be word, haunting you later. Mm -hmm. I tell them, even with us, we raise funds hard. We have a golf tournament coming up on October 17th. We have a Frosty 5K coming up in January. When I tell you, we have to go in on the fundraising. And yes. so they, they have to understand there are other people footing this bill and all you have to do is show up. You don't even have a curfew. And the things that we're pouring into them, we're not asking them, you know, about their boyfriends or girlfriends or their personal lives. We're asking them, how are you going to work the program to make sure that your kids have stable housing? So that when they go to school, they can have dignity. They can yes. have pride. You know, we even work with the school system has been excellent with us, especially with the McKinney-Vento Act that's designed to make sure the kids, it started with adults, but to make now it's with kids, to make sure that the kids are getting all the things that a normal kid would get who's not experiencing homelessness. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we might be the first pickup as far as the school bus is concerned. And we're the last drop off. Okay. So, I mean, it's okay. just, so when people are, we have volunteers for Christmas and Thanksgiving who put together packages, even Easter, who put, put together packages of care. So let's, so why would we, you know, be, you know, passive in the way we serve the women? That wouldn't be a good steward. Right, right. Because there's so many people that's working hard behind the scenes to make sure that they feel cared for. Wow. And, and so let, let me ask you another question. And, and one of the things that probably is the greatest gift that I get, right? And I get a lot of gifts, right? I always tell people this because I do groups all the time and I'm immersed in the middle of our programming as well. And I always tell people this. And when, they, when I say it, I don't know if they really get it, but I'm sure you do. I get more out of it than they do, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is like yeah. the most rewarding thing imaginable. So let me ask you a question. 
probably what are three things that since you've been in this field that you've changed your mind about? What are three things that you've mm. changed your mind about as a result of being <laughs> in this field and being exposed? Okay, so first impressions are not real. They're not reliable. Okay, feelings are not reliable. Okay, so that's number two. So we got impressions are not, first impressions are not reliable. Feelings are not reliable. And you can never, ever, ever count somebody out. Yes. Ever. Yes. And, and I want to kind of dig into that a little bit because that's some really good stuff. And I know that the people that are listening to us, they are, have a tremendous appetite for good stuff. When you say that first impressions are not real or reliable, what does that mean? That means, okay, so in our program, you cannot have hair, you know, nails, things that are going to cost extra money, right? Um, so you got someone who's coming in who's got Gucci belt, Louis Vuitton purse, you know, designer earrings. Just, I mean, they look like they're dressed to the nines, okay? You can't really rely on that because someone lost their, just lost their house, lost their car, husband left. And this, these, are the, these are the remnants of what they had. And how we know that is because the police officer who brought the woman to us, let us know that she had been living in a Walmart parking lot for the last month. We are proud partners of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Rockdale Newton Chapter. NAMI Georgia is an organization of family, friends, and individuals whose lives have been affected by mental challenges. Together, we advocate for better lives for those individuals who have a mental challenge, and we offer support, education, and advocacy as we do so. Please visit the NAMI Georgia website at www.namigeorgia.org. And if you are local to the Rockdale Newton area, we would love to have you join the family. For more information, you can visit www.namirockdalenewton.com or follow their Facebook page at NAMI Rockdale Newton. I used to volunteer at a homeless shelter in Marietta, Must Ministries, many, many years ago. I'm not telling my age, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, I was like 26. But anyway, there's a gentleman who came through and I thought this man just did not like me. Every time I come across him, try to serve him, you know, he just had an attitude. And I'm like, you know, so I'm like, you know, when I have dinner tonight, I'm going to have it at the shelter. I'm going to sit down with him. I'm going to sit next to him. I'm going to hash out because I'm thinking it's prejudice. I'm thinking he's just got something against my brown skin, right? Mm -hmm. So I sit next to him and I'm like, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm like, okay, I didn't expect for him to even be that nice because he had just been so standoffish. And we got to talking and cracking up and laughing. Come and find out this man had a business. His business partner took everything. Mm. including the wife mm -hmm. can mm. you imagine so right. here's this 27 26 27 year old you know taking everything so personal 
you know, that's why right. is this man, you know, not talking to me? You know, I get along with everybody. And that's not true either. You know how we can deceive mm-hmm. ourselves. But, and so, but what I found is this man was broken. He yes. didn't want to talk to me about nothing because yes. I'm floating around, you know, making my little uh, wage at, at a Fortune 500, you know. <laughs> And mm-hmm. it changed me. It changed how I, just like there are no first impressions. Yeah, you can kind of guess at some things, right? Um, right? But it's how you see people live. Right. You see, I know them by their fruits. And that's what I love about the two-year program. Yes. And so when I saw that, so I just, there are no first impressions. You've got to hear people's stories. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So let, let me ask you a question. What, how has being who you are in doing what you do, how has that changed you? Hmm. Oh, a lot more, more humble, more, more easy to get along with, not passing judgment so quickly. I mean, I can just go on. The list goes on and on, you know, <laughs> uh, putting me in my place, making sure that I stay humble, making sure that I serve people and serve them well. Not just half-heartedly. If I'm going to serve, I serve well. Not looking at who I'm serving because it doesn't. I, another quick story. I used to work at a, a mega church, actually, in a Christian ministry, a Christian counseling ministry. And one of the things that I had to learn uh, very quickly was don't look at what people have. I had purchased a purse and it was a new purse and I really loved this purse. And my life is in Christ, so I was inspired to give her my purse. And I'm like, why would I give somebody who already has everything a purse? Well, why am mm-hmm. I doing that? So I wrapped it up nice and neatly, gave her the purse, because she, by the way, she had complimented the purse. The only female in that room, they, everybody looked, but this woman was Ann Taylor and everything, you know, Louis Vuitton, sharp, you right? And I'm thinking, why? Is, okay, she's the only one who complimented that purse. That night, me and God had a conversation. He told me to give her the purse. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to give her my purse. I just got it. And it wasn't even a designer purse, by the way. It was just a very nice purse. And she complimented it. The next day, she got that purse. I wrapped it up nice and neatly. Tell the, let me tell the story correctly. I felt inspired to, to wrap it up. Because at first, I was just going to give it to her. I wrapped it up. So the next day, I give it to her. All I gave her was the package. And she just started crying. I said, you haven't even seen what's inside. And she said, I don't have to. She goes, people never give me anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm I like, know how oh. she feels too, man. For real. <laughs> yes. She says, people never give me anything. She goes, just that you, she goes, I never get anything. And you wrap it up so beautifully. Wow. And then when she opened it up, she goes, your purse. And then she just really started bawling. So, so again, you just can't, you, you can't know who people are or what their needs are. Right. You right. just, I don't know that. So I've changed in not trying to assume anything about anybody. Right. Wow. That's got to listen. That is really good stuff. So I'm, I guess I'm going to ask you another question. What are your, what are your visions for the evolution of Phoenix Pass? I got a vision. Okay, so we are, as you know, we're also, well, you might not know, but we're going to hopefully in early 2023, we're going to have a Phoenix Pass store. It's going to be a secondhand store and it's all the proceeds are going to go directly to Phoenix Pass. And did you want to say something, Bill? 
No, I'm listening. I am. Oh, okay. And we're going to be housed. We're going to be in house inside a restoration storehouse. So we're partnering with that. Yay! Agency. Exactly. We can go and get so, free stuff, Denisha. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and so we're going to have that. And then because of the lack of staff, my goal is to have at least four volunteer or interns from a, from a local college to do the case management. Okay. And so that's a good, that to me, that's a wonderful partnership and it takes a load off of having a full-time case manager and we can focus on other areas of fundraising. Okay. And so those are the immediate goals and just continue to raise funds for Phoenix Pass. Okay. Wow. That is really good stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and I, like I was saying, when we met the other day, uh, I look forward to partnering uh, with you because as everybody knows or some of the people out there in radio land know that grit and grace which is a recovery community organization and an addiction recovery support center which is now functioning in our community doors open for people to come in and you know experience support groups experience uh, you know just an environment where people can relax people can get connection heard yes. respected connected and that type of thing so i just really want to make sure that the invitation for you guys, any of your people that you know that our doors are always open to you and yeah. you can come in here and get all kind of free stuff, right? We send them there. <laughs> they, they come. Yes. There we go. And and so yeah. I, I say that to say this, and I heard you say that there is no curfew. I heard you say a couple of things. So when people or women are in your program, what are the I heard you say that one of the mandatory requirements is to get a job. Another one of the mandatory requirements is they must save their money. Um, and, you know, they're obviously you can't, I don't know, just spend money frivolously. No. Which is a really good no. thing. Jeff Bezos has enough money, so we don't just need to <laughs> just kind of pump him up any further. Tanisha had a beef with Jeff and we she canceled our description to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> For a little while because they sent her some defective product and she said we are no longer like where are we going to get ours i don't care That's we're exactly just not right. dealing with them anyway so what what uh, what else how do you navigate that no curfews help me understand how you navigate so yeah so we number one we do have cameras now we have an application to come into the program and once you come into the program we have a participant agreement okay in that agreement is a lot of rules and regulations. And one of those is you cannot be off the property for more than two to three days. If you okay. do, then that means you have somewhere to stay. Okay. Other than Phoenix Pass, because okay. we brought you here because you had nowhere else to go. So there's no staying off the property. That's number one. The no spending, you can spend up to $50. If you spend over $50, you need to ask us. You need to find out, you know, is this reasonable? Because we do needs versus wants okay. when it comes to spending. And so as far as you can't have guests over and you can't visit each other's apartments. Okay. Because you're trying to get on your feet. And so we don't, we only do background checks on the women. We do drug tests on the women. We, we don't, we're not going to be able to drug test individuals who come to visit. Okay. Okay, and so that's how we're able to, and so we also have cameras on the property. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that, that's really good. That, that, that's really good information. So let me ask you a question. Um, 
what are some of the other things you do to prepare people for, for transitioning out of your program? Oh, that's a really good question. So six months before they're to leave, we ask them where they want to stay. Do they want to stay in Rockdale? Where, to identify where they think they might want to live, what community. And most of the time it is Rockdale. And so once we've, they, they have identified where they want to live, we start telling them to find a neighborhood. Visit that neighborhood as if you live there to see if this is where you want to raise your kids. Go there at midnight on a Saturday. Go there at 10 o'clock on a Friday. Go there at uh, unusual hours so that you can see what's actually, can, can a, if a mother has a child, we had a mom who had, both of her children had asthma issues, severe asthma issues. Can a utility, can a, um, can a, Ambulance get through there. Can a, can a fire truck get through the neighborhood? So you want to look at everything. Is it affordable? You need to now start figuring out, you know, because the money that you save, if let's just say you save 10,000, five of it is going to be trying to move into a place. Mm -hmm. And so we always try to get them at six months prior. And then we really go in harder three months prior to them right. leaving. Right. And, and, so I know that when we were doing the housing piece and job piece, we had some certain formulary that we wrapped around people for transitioning. They needed to really have enough savings where they could sustain life for three months if whatever happened and they would just have enough income to meet all their bills and all their needs for three months before they were really ready to go. Obviously you guys exceed that. So do you give them, help them with planning for after they leave or part of that education piece you do inside your programming obviously prepares people for that? Yeah, so after they leave, we have a two-year aftercare program. The aftercare program allows them to have access to everything that they had when they were in the program except for the housing and the utilities. Okay. okay. So like, let's just say someone called and said they didn't have any food. We would try to help them with the food. Um, mm -hmm. Hey, I got my rent, but I'm 200 short. If we have it, we'll pay it. But if we don't, we'll reach out to a church or a community, someone in the community or a partner to see if they would be able to help. And so if it's Christmas, we provide Christmas for any mom who wants to participate in the aftercare Christmas program. So mm -hmm. for two years, we watched them. We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of the community to carry out this vision, and together we are strong. And, and so have you ever had anyone who has been at your program more than once? No, because it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really good. That's mm -hmm. right. So and I heard you say that you have people that come in and do classes in different things, mm -hmm. different trainings, financial literacy, yes. uh, wellness, et cetera, et cetera. Do you guys, how do you help those people experience peer support? How do you help them identify peer support as it exists in a broader sense or in a community? 
So what we do, number one, we can't do everything. Mm -hmm. We absolutely cannot do everything. So we definitely work with community partners in so many different ways. The people who come and speak are real estate agents, business owners, agency owners. I mean, I mean, uh, executive directors. We have people who've been down this road before come and mm -hmm. speak to the women. Uh, so we've, we've had a mom who used to live here and she's now a second vice president of a bank. Okay. I'm telling you, you can never just, you don't know, okay. you know, you never sleep on people. You just can't, never. you know, but, um, and so those are the people who come back and they give back. Right. And so we connect them with resources. That's right. That's <laughs> right. CEO of Young Atlanta Corporation. No, anyway. See, yes. Yeah. You know, so, th so that was, she would be, Tanisha would be someone that would be perfect to come in and talk to our youth. You know, yes. uh, or even talk to our moms about how to deal with youth. Who so, are you telling? So, yeah, so we we call in college, all people in Jackson State. Yeah. Yes. You see, and we call everybody in. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that, Tanisha. I'll be in touch. Yes. yes. <laughs> but Thank those you. Are the, my kids are a very big part of my story. <laughs> okay. That's very true. And see that I think that's. And see, when the moms hear that, I'm telling you, they're glued in. They're going to want to, they're going to dive in and ask all kinds of questions because yeah, they really want to know. They really do want to know because remember, the swelling has gone down. They can receive now. They especially, can hear. especially when they see her video. She's got this mean <laughs> video that, that, is part of the stepping up initiative. Yes. And she was talking about I need your when, information. Yes. When she was sitting in the back of the police car and she was looking at the lights flashing on the car and her kids were there and, and she just realized that this was Ooh, I, need to, I need to hear memory. Tanisha tell that story. Yes, right. Tanisha, tell the story. <laughs> yes. So you know, before I came into recovery or or my, my catalyst coming into, into recovery was that, you know, I, I was struggling with addiction myself with drugs, alcohol, and I had been driving under, under the influence and had my kids and my nephew in the car and I got pulled over. And that was the main image that was in my head was when I look back at that car, the blue lights and just seeing my kids from the uh, rear of the car, you know, the rear windshield and just seeing them screaming for me, you know, mm -hmm. and that in my head, I knew that I had created a, a memory in their brains that I had to repair, you know, something that I knew that they would remember for the rest of their lives, but I had to make it up and I had to change my life to do that. You know, I did not want to go down with that memory and that was it you know so I dedicated my life to changing so that my children and my nephew and any of the children in my family and my you know family members my mom my brother everybody who I had impacted you know would have something else to remember me by other than just you know create memories like that so mm -hmm. yeah wow thank you for That's sharing that That's Again, another holy ground. Yeah. Yes. That's holy yes. ground. Yeah. People's stories are so real and they're so important because when you see you today, 
you just, again, appearances, you just never know. You yes. just never know. Yeah, You're absolutely I always right. say, like I went, I went through the fire, but at least now I don't even smell like smoke anymore, you know? <laughs> That's a good way, yeah. good analogy. That's exactly yeah. yes. right. So I guess I wanted to ask you like a couple, just a couple more questions. One question is, what would you say, and all of us have, are grateful and all of us live lives of whole health and wellness in the communities of our choice. What do you, would you say would be one of the greatest things that you've ever overcome? And what was it that helped you overcome it? Oh, I believe people pleasing. Okay. People pleasing, people's opinions, you know, always trying to counteract what I thought they thought. And it's such an unhealthy way of living. It's such a, because again, you don't, I know my story. So I, I stopped even, I, st I even stopped people from introducing me. You know, you can't control it all the time, but when I have control of it, I, I want you, I want to introduce me. I mean, that's how empowered I am. <laughs> you know, I, I went through a, a being, a, um, you know, angry about it because I felt so taken advantage of, you know, the victim, whatever, you know. And so, but when I got that power and I understood, I gave away that power nine times out of 10. And um, people run with it. They don't know any better. Sometimes they do. And so, but that has, that was huge for me. Now I, I show up as Auburnette. I'm proud of that. Every time I've ever wanted anything, I was just being me. Wow, that is and not really, really focusing on what other people thought, or you know, because their opinions, you know, feelings, people's opinions change all the time, based on how they woke up that morning or how, what kind of agitation they may have had, and they don't like you today. If they looked at me, me, I'm thinking, geez, what did I do to you? You know, and so now it's like I get it. Mainly, I have to tell you. And I would be remiss. I would. I mean, I just have to say it's because of my faith and the way I've walked. I'm not. I'm a practicing Christian. Mm -hmm. I am not somebody who is just showing up and uh, having a form of Christianity, a godliness. Mm -hmm. I work at it, and it's hard. I forgive enemies. I I I love enemies. I ask God to watch over those enemies that they get mm -hmm. to experience what I've experienced. You know. My loved ones, I ask the same exact thing. See, there's no favoritism. Right. There right. is no, right. you know, it right. is what it is. And so, but the key thing is I allowed myself to receive that same grace and mercy. And yeah. I just started seeing myself as a real person and as loved by Christ. And nothing, nothing can beat that. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. And with that being said, I want to ask one more question. That mm -hmm. question is, there are a lot of people that are going to hear the sound of your voice today. And what message do you personally want them to take away from this experience? I do want to, I want to bring up Phoenix Pass again, because it's such a wonderful organization. We are good stewards over the finances. We're good stewards over the property, but mostly we're good shepherds over the families that we get to serve. And I do mean just the fact that they allow us to speak into their lives and they trust us with their stories. Man, I cannot tell you how powerful that is. And, it's, and we're all about empowering. 
And when we're able to do that, I want the community to know it. So the number one that they can just, they can volunteer. They can, and you can volunteer doing anything, fixing appliances, painting, financial, pour into this ministry, everything. It's not top heavy, let me tell you. It's only two staff and none of us are getting paid what's even industry standard. And I think that's a blessing because we're still here. We want to be. I know what that's like. We want to be here. So when you see it, and I invite you to come out and check out the property, call me 770-655-8465. We do the right thing, taking care of people who, you know, God looks at the brokenhearted. That's who he's close to. So if you want to get close to God, come here. That's good. Come to Phoenix Pass. Yeah, because God is here. Forget about us. Can, yes. you leave, can you leave contact information or how, how people can find or um, connect with, with Phoenix Pass? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, it's We're at www.phoenixpass.org. That's our website. You can contact me at 770-655-8465. And so if you don't leave a message, don't give up. I mean, if you don't, if you, if we don't answer, leave a message, don't give up. Keep trying us we're we generally pick up after hours we don't but uh, we do return messages and so i'm telling you you will not you will be blessed i can tell you that if you're able to just pour into phoenix pass in any kind of way any capacity we need you and so thank you and thank you for this opportunity bill and tanisha it's it's been awesome the privilege is ours anyway tanisha can you tell all the people and once again thank you to all of our listeners Thank you for the letters of support. Thank you for coming in and supporting our center. Thank you for supporting and, and just, just being who you are today. Tanisha, can you tell all the people out there in Radio Land how they can get this message? Absolutely. As I always do every week, I want to encourage everyone to create positive connections. One of those connections is we would invite we like to invite you all to stay connected with us and how you can do that is by visiting our website our website is rockdalesteppingup.com um if you go all the way to the bottom of that web page there's a little stay connected tab if you click on that stay connected tab it'll take you to a library of our monthly newsletters and in each of our newsletters we have several different resources in there. We have a message from Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, and she talks about the Stepping Up Initiative and everything that we're doing in the Rockdale community. We also choose a champion of recovery, which is a person in recovery to tell their story and a little message of hope for others who may view their video. And that is broadcast on our YouTube channel. We also select a partner in our community as our champion of change. That is somebody who is creating positive change in our community and our world around us. And as I said, there are several different uh, resources such as apps, events, announcements, community partners, announcements, and things like that that we list in our newsletter. We also invite you to follow Grit and Grace on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And we encourage you to continue coming back to join in on these radio shows. If you want to keep hearing messages, just like the beautiful message that you heard today from Ms. Avernette about Phoenix Pass, um, tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. And Thursdays, we replay at 1 p.m. 
on Category 10 ENT, and that's on the, um, the His Hop Network. Also, if you can't tune in at, on, at those times, we do have a podcast, and we are listed on several different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. So y'all keep coming back. Yay, Tanisha, every time you do that, I am glad to hear you and I'm me. And anyway, with that being said, Auburnette, I want to thank you once again for all the good work you're doing, for all thank the you. support that you give ladies in our community, for that kingdom business that you're handling, and, and for being an executive director, show giving us all pointers on how to be real executive directors. Yes. With that being said, um, you have a great day. For everybody out there in radio land, y'all have a great day. And we'll see y'all again next week. Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.